Jonathan Adams joins us, our hoops guru here on Sport Talk. My man, how you doing? Good to hear you. Good to have you on with us this week. How's it going? Hey, stop lying to the people. You keep calling me a guru, and then my bracket is being used as firewood. So. <laughs> That's because you rode with the Vols like we did, too. Uh, boy, that was just disappointing, wasn't it? Ooh. It was, you know, and not only the fact that they lost, but just, you know, they just didn't look like they competed, which is the one thing that I thought that they would do, um, is, is really be able to guard and be able to match up with, with uh, Kate Cunningham. But, you know, I guess I guess – you know, that's that's why they call it March Madness and why we have fun with it every year is that, you know, just just teams that you don't expect always show up. Well, that's the truth. And Tennessee did not. I mean, it was really, you know, and we had a caller earlier say that they they, they just looked disinterested. I mean, that's kind of the way I looked at it, too. And they just made that Oregon State big man look like all world. Of course, then they go ahead and uh, and win, and who did they beat? They beat uh, Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham, who you talked about. So maybe this Oregon State team's a lot better than what we thought, and maybe they kind of messed up when they were doing the seedings because they came out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, I, I think it's squarely on the fact that, you know, you have this one-and-done one one rule still uh, because, you know, Springer is, is projected to be a first-round, and Keon Johnson from Tennessee as well is supposed to be a first-rounder, and, Kay Cunningham is going to be in the top five. You know, these guys don't want to be there. You know, they, they, they want to do their one year and, and go to the league. So, you know, you got the NCAA is hurting its own self by having this one and done instead of just letting them go out of high school. And that way you ha- the guys that do stay um, are going to stay for a couple years. And that's what you're seeing is these older teams uh, who've been together for a while are really dominating the tournament. To your point, you know, here's a guy like Keon Johnson, I believe, would be much well, much better suited. They, they say he's a late first-rounder, maybe maybe even mid-second-rounder. He'd be much better suited to come back, play another year, kind of be more of the man, and I think he'd look more like an NBA player because he's got the athleticism. We've seen the dunks. He can jump. Now, can he prove, improve his game overall? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely think that he is uh, a guy that should come back, but I, I doubt that he will. And, um, you know, like just from just from watching them play and just kind of these young guys play that really just want to be in the NBA, you know, you said the word. They just look, disinter- you know, uh, disinterested. And, and I, was, um, I was disappointed in that. I really was. But, it, you know, it's hard to blame them. It's hard to blame them. Somebody had to force me to do something I didn't want to do. You know, I, I wouldn't be very happy either. So, you know, I, I think for Keon, another year would be great, but I doubt that he takes it. Well, do, do you think that the NCAA will address this at, at some point? I don't as, – as of right now, I don't see much consideration by them to, to take a look at it. Uh, for me, I mean, this – the one and done just it, – it, I'm not going to say it ruined it totally – but it, for me, as a viewer, and you know, growing up, knowing that uh, when I was watching my team, I knew that uh, that star player was going to be there two or three years, and you right. know, I didn't have to worry about him leaving after the first year. So you could gain that, you could gain that, you, you could gain a fan. I mean, not numerous fans by having that guy there that maybe didn't know about him. Oh, hey, who's this dude? Ah, oh, well, this is my favorite team now. You know, it's it's. I, I think college basketball is really doing themselves a disservice by by not taking a look at this and just taking that away because it helps build programs when you have a guy there. When you have an Allen Iverson at Georgetown for three years, or you have you know name your player 
that's left early. He could be at that program for three years, four years, and really help build uh, build that program up. Well, and my and I'm right there with you, and I and I think that you know um, the NCAA is being hypocritical, right? I mean, you everybody everybody is making money except the student athletes. And then when a kid has an opportunity to make money coming out of high school and they're 18 years old, you know, you're, you're not letting them go make money, right? So uh, I think that's just being hypocritical. The other thing about it is I, I think baseball has it right. Now, I wouldn't say three years. I, I believe it's you can, go, you know, enter the draft. But if you sign with college, I believe you have to stay two or three years. Correct. And I think that's, I think that's how the NBA should be. Yeah, I'm, you know, the NCAA with uh, basketball. Hey, you got the opportunity to go out of high school. If you have that, if you decide that you're going to sign with the college, then that's a two-year commitment, you know. And that that way, it's great for the school because now, like you said, you have that kid for more than one year. Then it's going to help those guys who are the borderline, like a Keon Johnson, who probably have NBA talent but need to round out their game. And then you'll see that the tournament will mean a lot more because guys know, hey. You know, I, I'm gonna be here next year anyway, so we might as well try to go win this thing. So, um, you know, right. I, I think that they should take more of the baseball approach. If you sign, you're there two two years, I would say, in basketball, and if not, uh, you can go straight to the NBA. Especially if they do get the offer, and we've we've you've seen, you've seen it, we've all seen it uh, talked about a bunch, where they're talking about the G League accepting high school players that are looking to go straight to the NBA yeah. and would offer them like you know. Hundred thousand dollars, six digits or whatever. So it's you know, that's pretty lucrative for a eighteen, nineteen year old to see if he can actually play in that at that level. And even if you do have a two year commitment and say your coach got fired in year one, you still have the transfer portal. Go transfer somewhere else, play one year, and then then you're eligible for the NBA. I mean, I think that works. Now there's always going to be the you know fourteen people that point out where the loopholes are, but and there's always going to be right. loopholes. But I think that would work better than the system we have now. Yeah, there's no. I mean, there's not. There's no such thing as a perfect system when you're dealing with imperfect people. But, but I, you know, I just think that you got to give the the kids the option. You know, you wouldn't tell a you wouldn't tell a, a regular college student, hey, you can't go get a job. You know, I mean, you you just wouldn't you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't tell an 18 year old, hey, you you got to go to college. You can't work. Um, so I don't understand why you know the NCAA thinks that they can tell these student athletes that. So. You know, uh, I, I do think that, you know, if you are going to sign, then there should be a multi-year commitment, a two-year commitment. But I do think that you should have the option of not not having two signs. So, Amen. Um, Amen to that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm about. Let's talk a little bit about the, the, the matchups. I mean, I love Michigan and Florida State. That game's going to be fun to watch. But a lot of these matchups are pretty good. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of the game that I have my one of the few matchups I got right. But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm really interested in that one. But uh, you know, I, I think that that's really going to be the highest level game. I mean, you got probably five or six NBA guys running around out there. Um, you know, size everywhere, skill everywhere. Two great coaches, um, and I, I, that's going to be fun. Uh, but th- like you said, there's going to be a lot of great matchups this year. I think that Creighton team. Uh, it's going to, you know, I think Gonzaga's going to win, but I do think that that Creighton team has some, has some things that you, you know, you got to worry about if you're, if you're Gonzaga. So, 
uh, and then, you know, Oregon State and Loyola, Chicago, I, working at a Catholic school, I should have known better than to go against Loyola, <laughs> Chicago. Sister Jane, and, Jean, and, yep, you should have. Nah, that'll be bad karma for you down the road. That, that's, <laughs> I know. You know, you know I'm going to have to uh, go to confessional. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, but uh, you know that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, Houston, Houston looked good. I, you know, it's going to be a great weekend of uh, basketball. But I really do believe that the uh, the Michigan Florida State game will be the best out of those games. Do you see? Uh, do you see? Uh, I mean, who are you picking in the Michigan Florida State game? Is it too too close to call for you? <laughs> you sure you want to hear my pick? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I on uh, my bracket I have Michigan, um, but I I would not be shocked at all if Florida State ended up winning that game. Uh, I just think that it's kind of a uh, it's an interesting matchup because, you know, though Michigan isn't nearly as big as Florida State, they're very, very skilled. And so it's it's really a matchup of styles, um, you know, which style is going to win out. And, you know, I, I like Michigan. I like how they're playing. I like kind of the grooves that they're in right now. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be plus or minus five. You know, I, that, that's where I would go with that. So when you're looking at the on that side of the bracket uh, with with the Zags being the the number one seed, I mean, what team left do you think is going to give them uh, would give them the toughest toughest matchup? Uh, would would it be a Creighton, uh, a Michigan, a Florida State, or even uh, an Alabama? Yeah, you know Alabama. I think uh, watching them, I think they're the deepest team in the tournament. I, I'm not going to say best. I, I think Gonzaga from one through five has the best players, but if you start going Seven through ten, I think Alabama's a little deeper. Um, watching them, they they and how they guard is is really impressive. Um, so I think that Alabama will be a, a very tough matchup for um, for Gonzaga, and I and I really think that if Florida State were to win uh, and meet Gonzaga in the Final Four, I think that that would be a tough matchup for them as well, just because of the, just because of the size of Florida State um, and, and their athleticism. So you know that. You know, Gonzaga has a hard – I thought that their role getting to the Final Four wasn't the hardest. But I do think that once then, you know, that Final Four matchup, I think, will be extremely tough for them. What do you make of the thought process of, um, you know, us thinking the entire season that the Big Ten is absolutely loaded and maybe the shift of power has happened? Because we really – I heard somebody talking about this today, and I thought it was interesting. They really – it's always been that big dog who came out of the New York City playgrounds or, or uh, you know, Philadelphia playgrounds. And now it seems like the, the power of basketball has probably shifted more to the West Coast and these bunch of guys from Chicago who are two stars that are, you know, loyal of Chicago just taking down everybody. So it seems like, even though we may not want to admit it, it seems like the, the balance of power in, in college basketball is West Coast. I think, you know, if you look at the, um, you know, if you said probably the top, you know, 25 players in the NBA right now, I would say, you know, 15 of them are, are from the Chicago or West Coast right now. I, I, I'm in 100% agreement that right now the West Coast basketball, uh, the just the style and the athleticism, I think um, is is running is running college basketball and the NBA right now. Um and so I, I'm in agreement with you. Being from from the South, you know, I don't want to admit that, but I do really believe that that's there. And you know, as far as the Big Ten is is concerned, it, it 
I should have known because it seems like they always outside of Ohio State choking football as well. So I should have known <laughs> that in basketball they weren't going to live up to, you know, you had to a number one seed and, and then uh, all of a sudden then uh, Ohio State's a two seed. You know, the only one that's really performing is Michigan. So, um, you know, it just it, – it's Big Ten was disappointing this year. Especially at the end there. Mm, yeah. For sure. And when you look at it, you've got – Oregon State, uh, you have got, got uh, Oregon State, Gonzaga, UCLA. UCLA, Oregon, and Southern Cal, all still in it. And, and, and all of them are, are you know, you, you look at USC, USC, UCLA, obviously both in L.A., both in the Pac-12, and then all of a sudden you got Oregon State. So, I mean, you know, out of the 16 teams, you know, three of them in the same conference, you know that you got to say that they dominated. I mean, you know, I know um, Alabama's hanging in there and, and different. You know, but I think you have something like ten different conferences represented in the uh, in the Sweet Sixteen right now. But three of them are from the uh, you know Pac-12. So you know you have you have to give it to the Pac-12 right now that 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 they are running the. You know, the ACC was terrible this year. Uh, the SEC was okay. You know, Alabama obviously was very good, but the rest of the teams underperformed. Big Ten underperformed outside of Michigan. So, I mean, you know, you got three teams in the Sweet 16. You got to give the Pac-12 the credit. Actually, four because of Oregon State's in it as well. So, four of the oh, yeah, 16. Sorry, yeah. One yeah. one quarter of the yeah. entire field is from the uh, the Pac-12. And and then, of course, the ACC, the only rep, only representative left in that is Florida State, which is very odd for this time of year, but... We know it wasn't a big year for the Blue Buds. It wasn't. You know, I think this. I think they. I saw a stat where it was the first time since 1970, maybe, maybe 71, without Kansas or Duke or North Carolina in the Sweet 16, and and so that's uh that's that's pretty wild to think about. It is real quick because we were mentioning this earlier with LeBron James injury and the way the NBA will switch the NBA real quick. The way the NBA backloaded the schedule. Uh, this could really hurt the Lakers if he's out three to four weeks. He could miss fifteen to twenty games, and they're losing at a at a unusual clip for the Lakers with LeBron. I noticed uh, Joe got real quiet when you brought that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, Joe, you all right? I mean, you know, um, you know, honestly, if if Anthony Davis continues to be out and LeBron is out, and and they're going to miss like you said, 15 to 16 games, they're in danger of not making the play-in. You know, they're not they're in danger of missing the playoffs completely um, with how they've looked. So, yep. you know, it, it's that would be unfortunate uh, for that to happen, the NBA champion to then miss the playoffs uh, because their two best players got hurt. But, you know, that's as you, as we always talk about, that's the one thing that can derail a season in a hurry is injury. And, and uh, you know, you you hope that they get a chance to get healthy and at least get into the playoffs. I don't think it matters what seed they get into the playoffs if they're healthy. Um, but you know, it's this is a dangerous time for the Lakers right now because you know it's probably a a six seven game um, span you know differential between the third seed and the ninth seed. No, you're right. So, it's you six. Know, it's six games exactly. <laughs> You're exactly right. So you, so you get in the slide there, and now now you're out of the playoffs. So 
Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, especially for Joe. We might have to have him on watch, but uh, <laughs> you will. Know, but it, you know, it's 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 tough. Well, the, the limited conversations I've had with the Bus family, this is all uh, planned because we want our guys back healthy and rested uh, when the playoffs start. <laughs> That's so, it, right? Uh, yeah, it's part it's, of the plan. I'm not worried. Not worried one bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, I hope so. Uh, you know, and those guys be fresh, but but. Uh, not, not this probably ain't the right time to do it. <laughs> no, nope. yeah, you're probably right, Jonathan. Always appreciate your time, my man, and uh, keep doing great things there at Notre Dame High School and affecting young people's lives. And uh, we're just big fans, man. I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Always family. I, uh, like I say, it's my favorite time of the week. So I appreciate you. You got it, hey, Jonathan man. Adams. Thanks, Jonathan. My man, hoops guru. I don't care what he says. And Notre Dame boys basketball coach too, uh, of course played at uh, Old Dominion and you know done, done his thing. Been, been there, there, done that. Been there, done that. No exactly.